Welcome to In Such Tlingwikatlan. Happy 2022. This is a podcast about poetic thinking where we share with you a different perspective of the social world. Every episode, we take a topic or a concept and we use the lens of philosophy, psychology, mythology, and art to analyze the wonderful horrors of the modern world. My name is Andrea Martinez. My name is Andrea Padilla. In this episode, we explore the realms of ASMR, or Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response, a phenomenon that exploded on YouTube almost 10 years ago and continues going strong. We discuss what this trend revealed to us about who we are as a modern society. So for those of you who do not know what ASMR is, I congratulate you. Um, it's a, it's a rabbit hole that I fell into, uh, I don't know, about seven months ago. And Andrea and I have been talking about doing this episode for a while. So ASMR uh, began as a, in a blog community online, um, I think in about 10 years ago, as, I, as Andrea already said. And uh, people... In within this community named it as ASMR. So it's not really scientific. There is very little um, scientific peer-reviewed blah, blah, blah research on this. Um, but people named it after hearing certain sounds. So for example, crinkling paper or the sounds of um, nails tapping or whispering or uh, something like uh, the, the touch of something oily or the, the, the sound of water falling. And some people, what they claim to experience is a tingling sensation in, at the back of their head or behind their ears that goes through the Shouldn't back. we say we? We, since we both experience it. <laughs> I don't always experience it. Really? Not I always? rarely experience it, actually. Then why are you on it? I experience it every time. I just, like, I start, I review it rationally, and the sensation is not good enough well, for me to keep going. Because, because it's a I don't sensation, always... sensation, yes. A it's brain a classical gasm. conditioning for me. So, you know, when you study classical conditioning, so reward and... Um, and response, the interval conditioning is the most effective one because you don't know when you're gonna get the reward. That's mm -hmm. me, I'm the interval ah. conditioned dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I know I'm conditioned I'm a rebel. I just like, I, I will, I mean, or, or I guess I am addicted to other things, might I, I, I say instead of ASMR, though I am, I do react like I, and I was glad I got these headphones that are not, shitty and, and yes I I as I yeah the the two thing and whatever oh I I have terrible headphones and I'll, I'll I'll confess um and I'll probably regret this confession I tend to listen to it so people mostly listen to this or watch these videos to sleep to relax mm -hmm. right um and I listen to to, to these videos at work <laughs> so when I'm in the office, I listen to them because there is oftentimes so much noise around me that I need to block it out and I should block it out with music. But because I, we started into, well, 
Yes. This was my radical. Researching. 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 Then, uh, <laughs> but then it gets so, so uh, people claimed uh, like a, quite a, these videos have millions of views. There are many uh, vloggers or YouTubers that have made uh, significant amounts of money from this. There is Gib Ghibli ASMR that's gentle whispering. There's Whispers Red. There is, there is like, there's all the types of profiles that mostly, so we can start there. It's mostly women. The vast majority of oh, successful right. ASMR or <laughs> ASMR Purse. artists, are they call, as they call ASMR themselves. Artists. Parents. They are women. So um, what normally what happens in these videos is that the, the, the camera focuses on the, on the ASM artist. And the, the person whispers into one or two microphones um, that pick up basically the, the, or the, one, the sounds. Or the one that is the thing that is that has like ears. There's a thing that it has like two ears and it's something like this. So, and it's like, the, it's it's labeled the most sexual ASMR you've Oh, I haven't watched heard. that one. Yeah. And you know, it's a woman that you know comes over here, and then. But the 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 thing where she does it, it's not headphones. It's just it looks like little ears, and it's like a cylinder. Wow. So, yeah. So it's yeah. to feel like they're whispering in your ear, right? And Andrea brought up yeah. a very interesting aspect of ASMR. Uh, so the community that is called the Whisper Community completely denies that there are sexual aspects to ASMR. But to me, that was the first obvious thing. I was like, there is a sexual aspect to this. There is some, like, um, some people claim like a fetish thing, but I do think that there is uh, like, the, it's not just the sexual, but the intimate, the, the performance of intimacy that brings about the sexual feeling. Right. They also call the tingles that one one experiences brain orgasms. They have been called brain orgasms, right? So the vast majority, according to the research that's been done, of that people that listen to ASMR just listen to it for relaxing purposes. But there is a small percentage, less than ten percent, that use it for sexual purposes, for masturbation, or or whatever. that admits it. Hmm. Or that admits it. Or that it. admits it, yeah. Exactly. Um, so, first of all, well, there's that that connection with, with the sexual, right? And we're going to go into this uh, a little bit deeper later on because um, I think there is a very interesting psychoanalytic aspect as to why this is sexual. But um, the fact that it's mostly women, right? So it's mostly women in role plays, so there are a lot of role plays. I think, Andrea, you had also watched some of the role plays, right? I'm an actress, so I felt that it was my rabbit hole. Role play ASMR from yeah. a woman selling you once at an Ollivander-like shop to a witch in the woods healing someone and helping someone off. And they all fall into personal attention. Exactly. Uh, and, but there's this other that is also role play. That's the epic fantasy, which I found very amusing. It existed. And I thought, 
I well, I enjoyed it a, a little bit, uh, but I get bored. Like I need drama. That's what happens to me. So my best ASMR was the reading, either the reading of Rumpelstiltskin by this woman that I, Moonlight Whisper. I I forgot. I will get her name right because maybe some of our listeners viewers are into ASMR and she's good and she's into Harry Potter and this kind of thing so and that's not sexual at all I would get that it would that's I mean it's erotic in the sense that erotic is sexual but it has more to do with the other thing that we're going to talk about which is regression and being contained and etc but also this other kind of personal care attention personal attention which are the, the doctors? Like, yeah, the, so there are a lot of doctors, a lot of dentists, a lot of um, measuring your face, a lot of um, doing your eyebrows, doing your makeup. Um, to me, uh, the, the role play. Oh, yeah, I preparing the, you for a ball, preparing you for a ball role play, you know. There's and there are both directed to men or women. So there's like, uh, you know, um, measuring you for a suit or going to the barbershop. There's two that I found quite um, cute, which is uh, you go to the what do you call when you take your, your, the grooming salon? So you're supposed to be a your pet. Dogs? A pet. Oh, a pet. I did not get into transhumans. Yeah, yeah. So there, it's all sorts of, and, and there's another one where you're a yet i yet i yet i no yes. not from not from star wars but the yet i the magical creature i did i did not get at all one and i'm very interested in this where how where i am treated as something other than human i've been treated by aliens but i haven't been <laughs> treated as an alien an animal you know or something yeah. that i don't identify as uh, immediately so th- there i mean a- i would like to there the is a wide variety. There's a, a lot of creativity that I can uh, we, we can find in these videos. But the main thing is that they are going to produce this sounds like I am now going to touch your ear like this. I uh, I would like to do it just <laughs> as a, a complete dare to myself because I can't like my name my nature. Uh, demands more decibels but you know it's a very interesting vocal exercise and it is a vocal exercise actually they last for minutes one hour one hour and 20 minutes because they're meant to put people to sleep so uh the fact that uh, the fact that it's mostly women i think is quite important because it, it demonstrates or it uh, that we we still very much or archetypically very much relate the nurturing and the taking care of and yeah. uh you you mentioned andrea before we started recording this kind of radical tenderness with the feminine right it men who do asmr are there but the approach is the same you don't get like asmr of like you know, something more stereotypically masculine. So radical tenderness is usually associated with feminine traits. Um, And this is, I think this part of the taking care of and the nurturing is very relevant in terms of um, how this connects to our primal desires, primal emotions as babies, 
I think the reason why ASMR is so appealing to so many people and also the reason why it's connected to sexuality and sensuality is that it allows us to regress back to infancy. Yeah, a place of, uh, or not a place because there is no place and no time in this very early infancy, but to this sense of, being in um, in wholeness, and this sense of wholeness um, also, and through relaxation, also allows us for other negative um, feelings or uh, negative thoughts to, you know, stand down. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would also say it has a lot to do with uh, aggression in a way. Mm-hmm. how this need to relax in order to go to sleep um, and how, you know, most of us uh, either wear or should wear like a teeth uh, guard or mm-hmm. what's the name? Of teeth this guard, a, t- a guard, a guard, yeah. Yeah, a guard, a same as in Spanish, a guard that allows you, you know, not to clinch Mm-hmm. all night because clinging has you know not being relaxed has to do with also not being able to uh, elaborate on certain traits of aggression or um, just general uh, things in that this can be associated with general things in your life frustrations or um, stuff in the mundane world that you're just not dealing with that has all to do with sleep and how we need to find these very particular spaces to connect to this sensation of being, you know, just being being held. The the, the held, sensation yeah. of being held. And I think so. For example, um, Donald Winnicott, who was um, object relations psychoanalyst, uh, talks about this holding. Right. So when the baby is a baby, one of the main things of the of of the mothering one of of the mother mothering figure is that uh, providing the baby with a sense of safety of the of with a sense of being held. Um, uh, and and this is, I think, the the main feeling that is being transmitted. So transmitted through ASMR. So. Um, in a, of course, mediated by technology, and and this of course is very problematic because there is no real mothering one. There is a, it's a it's a video, um, but the, but the experience that is trying to recreate, it's uh, the the so also what what object relations theory says is that when we are in womb in in the womb of of our mother, right? We have this sense, like Andrea was saying, of oneness, right? That everything is connected. Everything is part of me. There is no, uh, and then what we wouldn't could say, as well as Melanie Klein, is that there's no understanding of the boundary between the inner world of who is me, where, where where I end. I, not I. Exactly, and where the world begins, right? So at the beginning, um, in the early stages of infancy, the, the baby interacts with the, with the mother's breast, right? But it doesn't understand that the breast is outside itself. It understands the breast as part of itself. There is no boundary. No boundary has been established psych- psychically. And 
the process of weaning off the baby, right? It, it, it involves all these other steps, right? Where Donald Winnicott would say transitional phenomena, the, the establishing of the separation between the external world and the, the eye, right? And But anyways, in terms of ASMR, I think it's... Um, it's quite uh, symbolic that people not only connect with this experience, but desire to be in a place where this experience of oneness, of, of being held, is being performed, recreated, right? I think that is the reason why people are responding. There is a desire for this sort of intimacy, even though the intimacy is not real intimacy. Well, that's what I, what I would say in terms of realness that you've um, brought the word up a couple of times already. Uh, no realness, maybe, but uh, there is um, a sort of truth to it, especially when you are, again, repeating the word, you know, that there is a kind of representation or a performance to this, then yes, of course, in performativity or in, in, in terms of, of the poetic experience, for instance, um, you, one talks about the, the truth of, the, of that experience. So yes, in, in reality, there is no one there you know, giving you this care. You are not drinking the ginger tea that is being poured, but it nobody's is Nobody's plucking your eyebrows. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah, nobody's plucking. But in terms of behavioral biology, for instance, I, I am sure that this must activate, you know, stuff in your brain that in a way it's like when whenever you imagine something nice, for instance, that you know how memory works, that in, in a way this evocative sense helps you to get out of a certain, you know, negative uh, or depressive state if you, you know, mm -hmm. use your memory right or whatever. So there is a kind of truth that one is trying to experience, you know, to to truly feel, you know, that you are, I don't know taken care of it's Being or, taken care of, yeah. or or taken serious because i was very taken by this um genre of you know the going to the doctors mm -hmm. of this kind of questionnaire um uh, for a uh, you know um filling up the structures yeah, yeah yeah so what's your name and what do you like and you know or or very particular tests that you are I was thinking maybe a hyper someone that ha has you know kind of a hypochondriac or someone that is not being taken too serious and you know it's very hard for you to get actual tests even if you have the means you know you do have to have a doctor that tells you yes go get this test mm -hmm. and in a way there is a kind of you know you are one is achieving also a goal through this well very um borderline uh, experiences i say borderline in terms mm -hmm. of uh fact fiction you know or yeah or i think that, like that i think that part of fact and fiction is and what you're saying right that we talked about the creativity and the fantasy of it 
is very relevant, again, in terms of object relations, right? Um, I, I like that you mentioned the, the dialogues in the ASMR because they're always addressing you. They're like, how are you doing today? Do you feel okay? What can I do for you? Like this, right? And then they give a little bit of time for response, even though the response yeah. exists. So that this- Well, you, that's because you didn't, but I bet like, and I, that's what, that would be another thing that maybe we should explore. Are there videos of people watching ASMR responding and other people watching that? <laughs> well, there's been also, so there's I started and I started re responding just to see exactly just to, to see they, if the time yes how 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 it would fit it fits. There is a study that I was looking at that looks that analyzes the comments the comments to the YouTube posts um, of the ASMR videos and uh, well what the study focuses on is on how ASMR videos perform. Uh, intimacy, spatial intimacy, emotional intimacy, and how the comments all uh, that to those videos react within the same avenue, right? So I genre or no within the same avenue of like if you have four types of intimacy, like when yeah the the comments to the to the videos are uh, she uh, for example latte asks how I'm feeling and I replied this and that to reply this and there could have not been another better response right so the, it engages the audience in this fiction it engages the, the, their whatever their uh, strongest customers or fans I don't even know what to call them patients uh, into this fiction and oh hello there there's a cat behind Andrea if you're listening to us um, you can't see Medically. Anyway, um, so Donald Winnicott talks about, again, this transitional phenomena that establishes the, the, the space in between the eye and the, and the external world. And for Donald Winnicott, there is a period of transition where the child grabs an object. It can be a teddy bear. It can be a blanket. And that's what he calls transitional object that allows the child to um, make that uh, that transition, Ask. that movement into the separation of object and subject into fiction and reality. And I think uh, that's what ASMR plays with, with the boundary of engaging the, the, the audience into that fiction while providing very primal uh, satisfaction of care, of care, of, of oneness. And because, sorry, I just want to say one more thing that is going to tie this to sex, because in that primal state of infancy, everything is together, all our instincts, oral desires are together within that same oneness, it's the sexual. And that's why some people react to ASMR sexually. And that's why there is that connection, I think. No, and also that is why, uh, that is why it's also, I mean, there's also like kind of ASMR for kids that let's remember or share with our um, listeners. Really? There's ASMR for kids? Well, 
when we first started talking about ASMR, we started talking about how ASMR posted a kind of, uh, both in the imaginary of heaven or hell, you know, of, of being heavenly or hellish mm-hmm. in, in the sense of mm-hmm. how you can get That's into right. this yeah, yeah. pole of, yeah. Well, in YouTube, there's also a lot of, you know, um, videos of, that are just, you know, yeah, the unwrapping of a candy or the constant, you know, sound of that, like that kind of, or the the very famous, tapping, this crinkling, kind of thing, tapping, yeah, crinkling, crinkling. That There's also makes of people. babies crazy and toddlers crazy. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's addictive. Mm-hmm. And that is where like also, in that sense, regression has um, a lot to do with, or um, addiction patterns, for instance, and dependency has a lot to do with uh, regression in terms of object relations as well. And Melanie, and what Melanie Klein would say that um, these uh, depressive mechanisms uh, tend to infantilize us or you know, make make us in need of of this kind of caring for, so we are okay. And what I would say in is that when one is like the, or what I can imagine is that the audience watching ASMR, um, although unaware of this regret of this possible regression or that what is behind is this desire to regress into mm-hmm. this cotton like mm-hmm. space um so the people that watch asmr um which you know includes which is also again as you said very linked to having the you know the reaction because no, apparently not everyone has the reaction that mm-hmm. you that you that needs for ASMR to happen so right. you know you know passing that previous condition or having that being positive to this previous condition uh, the people that engage into ASMR are unaware of this regression that what they are is wanting to regress into this uh, cotton-like state and also how this regression without putting any uh, judgment to it also makes us more uh, or reveals us in, in, a, in an infantile way as, as, as childlike, as in a child, this is a childlike state that, that we are in. Uh, which is a very interesting, we were earlier talking about um, our personal lives and um, in, ses- in sense of it's, it's very interesting because, well, yes, in, in adult life, like if you would record certain, you know, adult lives at certain points, well, of course you would see very childlike behaviors that in that in that sense I am saying that we shouldn't you know frown upon this I am not being judgmental in the sense of um, you know recognizing ourselves as just infantile and childlike figures and just interrupt me Andreita please well I think there are two like uh, depending on the culture but also depending on the perspective there is this idea that 
uh, being childlike is a positive thing because of innocence and uh, playfulness and the ability of uh, uh, to be creative and so on and so forth. But there's also the other, uh, like in anything, right? There's the op- op- positive side of being more childlike and the negative side of being more childlike. And I think when we talk about ASMR uh, or the way I see it is we're talking about um, and that's the reason why I'm a little bit embarrassed about my uh, my listening to this video because I think it's it's a negative regression, right? Uh, so it's it's this um, it speaks of a desire for 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 intimacy for an intimacy that like I uh, or for uh, for care, but also in this negative view of how we are an infantilized society. Um, I would quote Paul Virilio. Paul Virilio. Um, Paul Virilio. Paul Virilio is a philosopher and he wrote The Information Bomb, uh, a philosopher of the 20th century. And uh, in, in The Information Bomb, he talks about the infantilization of society, particularly, and this is where I'm going with this, although ASMR happens both in Asia, particularly in South Korea and America, uh, is the infantilization of American society. Um, so, and, and here... What he talks about specifically are um, two, well, two things. Number one, that American society represents a um, young country, and this is also represented in its symbols. Junk food, the junk food, the McDonald's character, Mickey Mouse, Disney, uh, Las Vegas itself as a representation of, of infantile behavior, of the gambling, of the risk, of the... Um, and, and, I, and I do think that uh, it, it's, it, some of, it's interesting that so, some of the m- most profitable ASMR artists are American, are in America, right? And also... Um, Paul Virilio talks about Bill Gates, and uh, but I think now we can still see that with um, with Mark Zuckerberg and all the other uh, Elon Musk multi billionaires, whatever. He he the talks about the, the Peter, team, the new Peter Pan, right? The Peter Pan, yeah, stage. the Jean he, T-shirt, the Jean T-shirt, exactly, right? The, uh, and of course, maybe Paul Virilio, uh, as I was telling Andrea earlier, probably wore waistcoats and. Uh, shirts but is this desire to look young but to look young uh to look young but it's an infantile desire to regress into the holding i would say um yeah yeah. and actually that is that is why also for instance uh free britney (laughs) was very important because it was well I may act like a child but I am not a child like that I like butterflies and you know tiny shorts and twirling around she I mean yeah yeah no but 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 for real like that that doesn't mean that in other things in her life that she or, or does it mean that she cannot take these decisions? Because that's why, that's what his dad, that, that's why, that's what her dad said, you know, like you can't take care of yourself because, and in a way I would say he was what? Well, making her a child. 
Of and course. That was the whole. Of course. And I, I, I mean, this is also a very like uh, symptomatic of America, right? Um, okay. So they freed Britney. Great. Um, but if you look at Britney's Instagram, I know <laughs> it's just a profile and it's, you know, we see just a part of it, but she does present herself as an overgrown child. She's an adult. We know she's an adult. We know she's like, what, in her 40s, probably. Uh, or is she younger yeah. than us? No. In, no, in no, 40s. no, no. She's older. But in her Instagram, she still acts uh, or she portrays herself as a, like a, someone younger, but it doesn't correspond to her age. So, and that's praised. Like there's tons of likes, tons of views. Um, but it is a little bit odd to watch. No, no, but my, my point was that at the same time, this society push America pushes uh, this uh, dynamic in your face. And at the same time, that is the reason why Britney got uh, incarcerated by her father when she was just doing as it should be done in that you know, just in, in terms of without any moral judgment, you know, just that's what women do in America. That is one thing that some women do. I wouldn't say all, yeah. but it's a tendency which has to do with that. And, you know, it's also Madonna, you know, in the high, in, 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 in the, in the other, not in the same spectrum is still Madonna. That is like woman, yeah. And I, this is also something that Virilio mentions that I think has to do with this, uh, what you're talking about of Britney Spears' father. Um, he called it the child, the, the safety first society, right? And so um, uh, the safety first society is, you know, putting as an example, I'm going to give. So in America and in Canada, um, if you have sharp edges in your house, if a baby is coming, it has to be childproof, not childproof, but like uh, there's a yeah, term it says for it. childproof. Yes, so you need to cover Baby the edges proof. and like everything has to be safe, right? And then of course we walk into the safe space uh, terminology and all of that. So that I think it's all connected, right? It's like let's be overly yeah. protective of um, of how not to harm the child. Speech. Whereas uh, in, in the past, uh, just in Latin America and Europe and whatever, you know, you don't cover the sharp edges. Let the child learn <laughs> that, you know, that's sharp and that will hurt you. Um, and uh, and I think that that's, that kind of attitude is embedded in American society. And then of course that overprotectiveness creates overgrown children, whether they're famous or not, doesn't matter, but that's there. That is also um, what I meant on how, for instance, aggression is linked to this also very primal state in our being and how in our very also highly prone to violence society, there is this peak of also this society screaming for a way to you know, relaxing our jaw at night and not, and tr or trying to also, um, well, the, the food videos, the food ASMR videos that are also. So, so going, going down this rabbit hole of ASMR <laughs> that I just went really deep, um, I found mukbang. Mukbang is uh, the term in South Korea 
for uh, people eating. And uh, there's men and women um, bo- uh, eating uh, what I would say just, yes, just horrible amounts of food. And uh, you can hear the chewing and the slurping and the uh, drinking and the swallowing and whatever. And apparently that is also an ASMR genre. And, and I must add, before we continue on the chewing, that Andrea will explain the link with aggression, but that there's also in South Korea S-A-S-M-R, which is sexual ASMR, right? So South Korea- Did not see that. Well, they, they really, um, so I don't know what would be the cultural explanation for this, but they don't mind the link, whereas the Americans ASMR do mind. They, they clearly state we are not, this is not a sexual- satisfaction whatever right whereas a sasmr sex is bad yeah yeah sex is bad uh whereas in in sasmr in south korea you cannot see the faces of the artists or the video bloggers whatever but but it it is a thing it is its own thing its own genre okay go on about the chewing so uh mukbang right yes Mm -hmm. what i I just watched them last night and I was, my mind was blown. So what I thought is about what Fritz Perls, uh, which is, um, well, was involved in the creation of the Gestalt movement and um, the trans- and also the whole transpersonal wave in psychology. What he says is how uh, he links um, as well as uh, the whole um, Lowen and Reich and all these people that link body and mind situation, drama, the drama in the body, uh, they link chewing to aggression and how aggression is linked to the jaw and aggression, frustration, um, you know, all of the negative, that negative, um, well, one say yes, I'll say negative because they require, there's probably a lot of energy that is clinched and it's not being, you know, distributed, released properly. And how, um, for instance, through chewing, and this is why it's very important and child in, 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 the, in the development of the child, the whole process of them, you know, knowing their food and knowing what they like and what we like, and we prefer this and that. And also to give them kind of, you know, sometimes hard things to chew on. Uh, the whole chewing is related with um, very common sayings like you took more was, than you it? took more than yeah. you could chew, I think, or something like this. Or- yes, took more than you could chew um, have to do with this kind of frustration dynamics or because now you have to you know chew more for it to get you know done for whatever business it is you took the bite of Mm -hmm. to get done so also this this kind of um well this linkage with aggression I found it very interesting here because it is not at all Andrea if you're not watching this Andrea is holding a carrot Yes, a a baby carrot. What I mean is that 
it's not it's not pretty what i would say it's 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 more grotesque in terms of how bachtin puts grotesque that is linked to earthly desires and to you know also the vulgar and the um and the the digestion of life through food and you know the feast so what I mean that it's not it's not pretty is that they take you know it's like here's the carrot and they just yeah, yeah. they chew and they chew the whole thing and I'm sorry I don't have a proper microphone if not you would be hearing me loudly chew and you're just carrot. hearing me slow. yeah but and- I think but I think that is really the bottom of it right is that at the bottom of it you know you're saying this like visceral kind of um, uh, basic it's it the reason why there's ASMR for chewing or like eating and it's so um, grotesque and the reason why is there ASMR just blocking your eyebrows and the reason why there's ASMR that is sexual, right? It's because it is all joined at the primal oneness. So it doesn't matter how you beautify it or how you come, like how complex the production of it is the root of it is as the very primal baby boundary uh, of the, the, the baby and the mothering one, the mothering one who is the object of desire as the breast, as the, as the one that feeds the baby. Which is also what would Klein say about religion and how right. uh, religion works in terms of um, the schizoid paranoid position where one feels in oneness with with and only with the ones that are under these um, under cat under cat dog uh, god you know or what have you or whatever your creed is and well in terms of of wholeness and also it's very paradoxical relationship with aggression and addiction we read The Pains of Youth, which is a play by uh, uh, Buchner, Frederick Fer- Ferdinand, Ferdinand Bruckner. Ferdinand, Ferdinand Bruckner, yes. And well, it's a play about a bunch of youngsters that study um, medicine in the early 20, uh, 20th century. It's 1924 or 28, something like this, in 26. Vienna. 26 okay in Vienna and well there's a lot of very interesting dynamics also in terms of power struggle in many as as um, you know theater also always exposes this very paradoxical dynamics in reality uh, but we would really uh, the reason why I told Andrea we should read this place uh, especially be, uh, because of this, character that her name is Desiree, mm-hmm. which of which cosmically means desire. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's perfect, of course, and it's cosmic for the play. And she um, and her relationship with Maria. And also the, the play kind of integrates the kind of sec- the sexuality in regression in terms of how this character goes uh, what we know of her is that she's very sexually open and 
even sexually promiscuous as some people would or some characters will judge upon accuse her, her yeah. Uh, yeah accuse her of you know promiscuity in that very awful word um and but she has this very melancholic character they also call her melancholic she is an aristocrat that has fled her home and has in well this has um um, liberated herself through the studying of medicine, enrolling herself in college, and also experiencing uh, her sexuality vastly, particularly with uh, Fred something. I don't know. I forgot his name. In Fred English, but let's call him Fred. Let's call him Fred. That's okay. Fred. <laughs> it works both English and Spanish. And he, who's a war veteran, and also has this very traumatic relationship with alcohol and aggression and sexuality and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But then comes Maria, mm -hmm. which is the iconic stereotypical uh, women that can, can do all. And in, in other- um, Great potential, she has great potential. Like, great uh, potential can I just say, uh, what was the song by Fiona Apple? Um, uh, Fiona Apple's last album, uh, Jamaica. She said, uh, yeah. Jamaica said I have Jamaica. potential. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Maria yeah, has that's potential. Maria. Mm -hmm. And her and the way Fred describes her biggest potential is precisely that she can be a nurturer. Uh, she could be a great mother of 10. She could be everything. She could be a surgeon or a mother of 10. And this is important because Desiree um, lives Fred and well, weasels her way in to Maria's realm of desire and they mm -hmm. create this very um, strong bond. Symbiotic? One could, symbiotic bond, yes. For, <laughs> who could one also say dependent bond mm -hmm. uh, with each other. And from the get-go, like first act, first scene, we see how Desiree is in very enticing Maria into this regression or into how like this, this oneness. Like that's, that, is, that is what she wants, this oneness and how this oneness can only be fulfilled between two women. And well, this sadly is going to end in suicide and I love to spoil things. Uh, <laughs> Because, well, this oneness is impossible. And as soon as Desiree, you know, knows this one more time, she decides she's not going to take it for any more times. But Andrea wants to share with us a part of this very early stage in the play where we know this is like, this is what she's inviting Maria to. So I'm just going to share two lines um, that are very uh, symbolic of what we, the, what we talked about today. Um, one is the Zira saying, why can't we go on being children all of our lives? And, and at, after this, she embraces Marie. So looking for that union. Um, also, Winnicott talks about uh, the, the, the meaning of a string in child's play. Uh, he has a couple of examples of uh, boys using strings to connect everything because they are looking for that union. And then she says, I want the warmth. I want to be all wrapped up in cotton wool. And this imagery really uh, made me think of ASMR uh, videos. And then um, 
at the end, I think. Well, and she's she's also. If I would like to point out that she's also uh, evoking the memory of being with her sister. Right. That we don't that we don't know if she died or what happened to her. But there seems say, to be a sexual, not sexual relationship. Yes, this it's never clarified. We, yeah, when when we interpret the play in the groups that I've read it with, we all. What we coincide is that in this child play, how we constantly initiate ourselves with our siblings mm -hmm. into sex sexual activity without knowing that this is going to be, you know, what about only later on they, to sex. What do they do? Oh. No, well, you have cousins. That is why it's siblings and, si oh. and you know, oh, no. siblings also... <laughs> Uh, well, <laughs> or other other peers, I would say other peers that that is what happens also in child play in in kindergarten and stuff like this. And I would also say it it comes to pass into this infantilization of uh, the of women, mm -hmm. how uh, men fantasize of our pillow fighting. Oh, yeah. 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 Like that is that I, I would say that it has a lot to do with that and with what many, many women in the realm of feminism say that one of the issues with, with, with the, or the problem with women as a construct is that we are constantly being infantil uh, infantilized. Britney Spears, or, once again, comes to mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and just to end, so our, our uh, episode today was called Another Neverland, uh, bringing back this kind of um, grotesque, Peter fucked up, uh, Peter Pan, scary part of uh, um, our repressive... Or not, or, have, or heavenly, I mean... Or heavenly, but you... today we talked more about the, 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 the dark the dark side of Neverland, if we think about Michael Jackson as well. Um, so in the, one of the lines quoting Novalis in the play, which I'm going to probably end with, uh, is nothing so distinguishes man from nature as his addiction to his own sickness and pain. So check out some ASMR videos if you're curious and uh, let us know about your experience if you got tingles or not. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, thank you for listening. My name is Andrea Martinez. My name is Andrea Padilla. And uh, follow us on Instagram and YouTube. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>